Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Voice for Victims podcast with your host, Crystal Starnes, the show that listens and hears from people who want to have a voice who have been victims of various situations. Also to help others in the community to help educate and hopes to prevent repeat situations, Voice for Victims podcast is here to serve the community. Please tune in to hear the show every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Voice for Victims podcast. Hope everyone's having a great Thursday. Tonight, we have a special guest on the show who is a professional in the criminal justice field and mental health field for over 20 years in Pennsylvania. She will be talking about her career and challenges she has faced over the years personally. So let's welcome Sandra Velez. Hi, Sandra. Hi. Are you on here? Hi. How are you doing Hi, tonight? I'm here. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So um, I just wanted to welcome you to the show. Um, I just gave a brief introduction. I figured that you'd be able to talk more about who you are. Um, do you want to start off with talking about, you know, a little bit about your background? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I, I'd like to talk about um, where I was born and raised. Um, it was um, up north Jersey. Um, I was born there in uh, 1967, so it shows my age. Yep. I'm getting old. <laughs> But um, so, you're um, so young. I, was, <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. Um, so yeah, I've been through a lot. Um, well, my mom was uh, a single mom for a while. Um, well, she always had my stepdad, but like her and my dad, my biological father had split up when I was five years old. Um, I'm gonna remember about my childhood. Um, it was, to me, um, so I didn't realize how different it was until I started growing up and noticing how other people lived and everything. So um, what I mean by that is I lived with um, my mom, even though I had my stepfather there, he, she was the one that was the main caretaker. So, um, I mean, he was there, but, like, she was the one that did the discipline and all that stuff. So, but she... Until I got older, I didn't realize she had, like, mental health issues um, that she wasn't addressing. She never got diagnosed, um, but she could tell that something wasn't right. But she would have bad anger issues, and she she was physically and mentally abusive. So um, she, when I got older, I decided, you know, I was going to go into the field where I can help people. I just always wanted to help people. That's just how, that's, that was like my heart. So, um, gosh, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so when I went, okay, so growing up, um, I don't know, like, I just, it just seemed like I did everything backwards, like, in life. I, like, I went to school later in life when I was 28. I had gone to college because I wasn't sure. Like, I, I grew up with, like, not 
feeling like I could do anything. Like, I think that's why I was so late doing everything. Um, just from her, you know, like always putting me down and stuff like that. So, um, figured, well, might as well just, you know, get married, have kids, do whatever. And then I, then I finally realized like, that's not what I wanted, but I always wanted to have kids because I wanted to like show her that I could be different, like not like her. And I think that really made her mad though. <laughs> she, she kind of resented me for that too. Um, Cause I wanted to be like the best mom and, you know, not do what she did and, you know, really bring my kids up, you know, being confident and things like that. So, um, so that's what I did. I uh, raised three kids. The last one just graduated from high school. So I have a girl and two boys. And uh, I think they came out pretty good. <laughs> and, um, but then, so when I went to college, I, criminology, that was my major. And sociology was my minor. But I got into helping uh, juvenile delinquent kids because they were put in these group homes and a lot of more abused and, and um, just, you know, I, I just felt for them and, and did that for a long time, worked with these kids. And it helped me. I think it helped me because it helped me through my problems, like it, like helping them help me. So that's why I never really went for professional help. I just, like, that was my therapy all those years doing that. And it just, it really helped a lot. And then, so then I got into the, um, I did sociology work or social work, I'm sorry, for a long time. And then now I'm just, I'm doing security work now. Um, just because I need a break, it burns you out doing the agency for a long time. So I'd like to, I did that both at the same time. That's why it seems like so long, but like I did both jobs at the same time. Um, but um, it was rewarding and I don't know, just helping them realize, you know, like there's more to life and, you know, you don't have to be stuck, you know, thinking about what happened to you and, you know, things are better, can get better for you. So it just, it helped me a lot, you know, doing that with the kids, um, helping them realize their worth and everything like that. Cause when they're going through that stuff, they just feel like there's nobody there, you know? Right. I don't know. It's kind of like, <laughs> did you, um, while you was like, like when you had your kids whenever you were going through college, right. And working, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did, I, did you find yeah. it challenging, like, when you were doing that? Um, you know, you were going to college and you were, like, working jobs. Um, well, when I was going through college, my daughter was six at the time, seven. She was seven, and, and my little boy, the middle child, he was about three. So, um, yeah, it was hard. Um, I didn't work a job while I was in college just because I had them those two little guys to take care of so but they understood. Um they right. they knew that I had to study at night and they would go to bed early and they, they really they were really good kids. So I was really lucky. You know. Did your mom help you during that time or no? No, they um like my daughter would be she was in school and um my son he would go to daycare. So no, she didn't. Now, was you she was help. she abusive? Like, what, ground, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I I wanted to ask it's you okay. this when you were talking. I was wondering if she was mm-hmm. like abusive towards you whenever you were growing up. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she, um, well, I know back, back then, um, things were different. Like people would talk about how their mom did this or that one, but I, so I thought it was normal. I thought, well, everyone gets, you know, hit and stuff like that. Um, but the way she did it, it was just, she was just off the wall. She like, I mean, she would like, beat us with belts and stuff like that and that's another thing I want to talk about like when you're when you're going through that stuff and your siblings I have five three brothers and two sisters couldn't even talk to them about how things were because they were like what are you talking about now my brother who is the closest to me he he's four years younger than me he he remembers a lot of it but like my sister my little sister even my older brother can't really talk to him about too much because he's actually he's in he's got mental health issues big time. He's paranoid schizophrenic, so it's it's hard to I would I don't even want to talk to him about anything. So it's hard like having anybody to for like a support person. Like you can't even talk to your siblings really, except for that one brother of mine. That's it. But I don't know. Like and then right. here's another thing too. They didn't. Like, in even talking to him about it, it seems like, oh, well, that was just, like, normal. Like, it just seems, like, normal to them. They yeah, it's almost the like they're conditioned. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like they just they accept it or I don't know what it is, but I don't know. Well, it could be, it's like, just, you, I think do you remember the term, like, instant, like, do you remember the term, like, with, um, you know, criminal justice, when they go to, like, mm-hmm. this is, like, comparison, I guess is like when people go to prison over and over, they become institutionalized. Mm-hmm. So maybe he became like, right. you know, in, in that type of a term, I guess, you know, from being around the abuse so much, you just got used to it. Maybe, yeah. And I think the, I think that's the thing. I think that was more physical with them, but it was more mental and physical with me. And like, mm-hmm. like she would just, just twist things and just make you feel like you're like you were the nut <laughs> like you know what I mean like you were the crazy one it's like oh my yeah gosh, she drove me crazy but, but like yeah but she um I mean she passed away in 2014 and she um like I I mean I held a grudge I held a grudge with her for years and years and years now as she got older I didn't like I tried to even though she still had her remarks and stuff here and there, but I was still, you know, that's my mom, you know, and I was like, gotta kind of, I tried to understand more as I got educated um, about what was going on with her. And I kind of like, part of me like forgave her, but, but then not totally, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, still it's my mom. So like, you know, you just, you have to just accept, you know, how they are, but um I don't know. It's just, it's almost like my siblings just brush things under the rug and don't really, it's almost like they think it doesn't, didn't happen or something, you know, sometimes, but I don't know. Yeah, it's horrible. I'm so sorry you went through that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it makes you stronger. And that's another thing, like you could either, you could either learn from it and move on and, and just realize like what you're going to be like you don't want to be that person like you know what I mean you just got to change that's what I'm saying about like breaking the cycle you you have to like realize that's not right you know and mm-hmm. I don't know if everyone a lot of people can't do that like they'll get into substance abuse and things like that because they can't handle it but like you got to be strong about it like you just got to 
you know, just either get, you could get, you know, professional help, you know, that's, that's one thing you could, you should do actually, which I didn't, like I said, my therapy was just helping these other kids and helping other people. Um, that worked for me. Um, but you, you just, you have to have that support group somewhere, somehow, because if you don't, that's, that's when things can go bad, you know, and that's when people do things to harm themselves and it's not good, you know, or they can, they can actually repeat the process, you know, the, the cycle by when they have kids, they treat them that way. And so, and that's what happened. Like I have a lot of kids on my caseload that were these mothers, you know, that they, they were abused by their mothers. So they, they think that's okay. You know, it's just, you know, just went on and on and on. So you have to help those families realize that, you know, you can't, that's not the way it goes. You know, you can't do that to a mm-hmm. child. You're just taking away their confidence and their, their self-esteem and their, their self-worth and, you know, which just leads problems, you know, self-medication with alcohol, drugs, things like that. So, right. And then, and you're like with relationships too, like then you, you grow up, you know, I think that's where part of my problem was picking these guys that were just, just horrible because I, I thought, well, you know, they're kind of like my mom's mean to me, but she loves me. So, or does she, I don't know, but you know what I mean? Like you just like, and then you realize one day you wake up and go, wait a minute, that's not the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> you just kind of get yourself into these relationships. You're like, what am I doing? That's kind of like what happened to me. I like, woke up one day and thought, this isn't right. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but you learn from it. Right. Well, didn't you, um, you'd also went through some some illness that you survived. Do you want to talk a little bit about that too? Yeah, I, I can. Yeah, Um. Well, in 2014, that's that's the year my mom had passed. Like the night, I remember um, I was sick and we didn't know what was going on yet. And she, I had asked her, I told her the night before, it was this is like the next day she had passed away. But I told her that evening, I said, I was down in Pittsburgh talking to her and I said, um, I'm going to have this test done on April 1st. I think it was April 1st. And I said, do you want to come with me, you know, to the... And she goes, well, it depends on if your sister can take me down or something, because at the time she wasn't really getting around too good. And I said, okay, you know, if you want to come down with me, you know, that's fine. So I remember it was March 13th. Um, here's how I remember that, because my daughter's birthday was the next day. I remember telling her, hey, remember tomorrow's, you know, her birthday. Don't forget, you know, oh, yeah, I have to get her a card. And so then, um, then I left to go back home. And... Uh, that morning, the next morning, my daughter's birthday, of course, and my niece had called me and told me she passed away. So she never even knew. Like, it was a sudden thing. She had a, a blood clot that went to her lungs, and it caused a heart attack. But she never knew that I was sick. So she died not even knowing that I that I was ill. So what happened was I was going in for a, um, a cancer screen. I was having some issues. And here's another thing, too, with this cancer thing. I was, um, it was a gynecological cancer. So I was going to this... Um, uh, I don't want to say where it is, but it's it's one of those uh, clinics, you know, because we don't have insurance mm-hmm. checks. So I was switching jobs, so I didn't have insurance at the time. I was kind of going in between jobs because I was just getting too burnt out from the mental health thing and just trying to find something else. And uh, so I went there to get checked, and they kept saying, "Oh no, you're fine. You don't you don't have cancer. You're okay. You're okay." And I'm thinking something isn't right, though. And I knew my body. My body was like, "Uh uh-uh, uh, something was wrong." So. I kept going back, and they said, well, we're going to have a um, specialist come in from Pittsburgh here. At the time, I wasn't living in Pittsburgh. I was living somewhere else. 
And she said, okay, we're going to have the specials come in and check you. And, you know, da, da, da. well, she checked me and they said it again. You don't have, I said, well, I've been looking online and I have all the symptoms. Said, oh, stay off, stay offline. Don't, you know, don't look at that. Da, da. So I'm like, okay. Okay. So uh, I trusted them, you know, I kept going back. I didn't have insurance, you know, and it was real cheap and everything. So finally they have a uh, sonogram done. An ultrasound, not sonograms, ultrasound, whatever. And she said, and so the girl was, you know, pressing on my, my abdomen and stuff, and she's looking real strange. I'm like, are you seeing something? And she was, well, I can't say. I said, okay, all right, then I'll have to wait. So then more waiting, waiting, waiting. So finally um, I go in, and they said they want to discuss the uh, what they saw on the ultrasound. I said, oh, you know, okay, so I went into the appointment, and a surgeon comes in surgeon comes in he sits down he says well first when he walks in he drops the file on the floor and I'm like this is a surgeon I'm thinking whoa okay this is not a good sign he's not very steady with his hands he's going to be working on me so he says I said well what's going on he goes well we don't we're not going to know anything until we you know do do some exploratory surgery then we'll just you know they want to do a hysterectomy on me I'm like whoa I'm like okay because I'm thinking they're the doctors, right? So I left there, and something just told me, "Don't, don't do this. This is not good." So I went to Pittsburgh, and I talked to um, a surgeon there, a cancer specialist there, and he said, um, "I'm so glad you came here because," and he 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 told me he said, "We don't just do surgery like that because if there's anything going on in there, and we cut." it could spread and you could be just gone right there I'm like okay well then (laughs) let's do this step by step then so he did he did um a biopsy and did find a tumor and um it was pretty big maybe four inches I believe four inches wide or something and he said I don't know when I first got that news I was just like okay now what like I was just in shock I think and because I don't know, it was just, it was just nothing I thought that it could be it, like, why it can't be happening to me. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so we, they just automatically no surgery. I didn't have any surgery ever. And they just did the uh, chemotherapy and, and radiation. It was, it was terrible, but um, I got through that and um, I don't know. It's just, they, they, I think they saved my life, but I mean, I do have sometimes um, like after effects from it. I have, um, sometimes I get sick and stuff like that. And I, I think it's a lot to do with that because I never had that issue before, but I mean, it's been what going on seven years. I think it just passed seven mm-hmm. years. So, yeah. I mean, so far so good. <laughs> just right. That's awesome. You survived which, that. Yeah. Well, I've been through a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, I know. So. Yeah. Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's all. Awesome. But, well, how so, do you find that, like, everything that you went through, how does it help you um, in your job? Like, currently you're doing security now. Um, like, how does it help? Like, does it make you want to work harder, you know, given yeah, all your experience with your life? And Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know if I was just born this way, but, like, I, I just feel like if I see somebody, like, if I, I'm walking – I'm sorry, but I'm out in my car right now. You, know, you might hear some motorcycles go by. Okay. So 
because it's more it's more quiet here. Um, they're watching movies inside. But so I um, feel like okay. So when I'm going in between buildings, like oh, I have to sometimes travel up a, up to another building. So if I see somebody that needs something, I just I can't help myself. I have to help them. It's just weird. It's just like in my nature. I don't know if that's from everything I've been through. I feel bad for people. I have a lot of empathy for people. Um, if they're lost or if they're, you know, I had this lady one time that was pushing um, her husband in a wheelchair and he was, he was a pretty big guy and she was just standing there and just crying. I said, you know, like she was trying to find, she's in the parking garage area and she goes, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't find my, my car. And I know how it is there, you know, how you can get lost and, and not know where your car is. I said, well, just, just hold on. Let me, I was a little bit late for work, but I didn't care. I said, do you remember where you were, like anything? And she was like, I think I was up this way. So I helped her get, get him all the way to his car, <laughs> all the way to their car. And then um, she opened the door and I had literally helped physically help put him in the car because she was just so, you know, she was upset. And she, I said, well, don't drive yet. Don't drive until you're calm because you can't, you're going to not be any good on the road right now. She was just really upset. It made me feel good, though, you know what I mean, to help her out like that. But I, was, I do that all the time, though. Right. I don't know if it's yeah, that's because awesome. of all the bad stuff that happened. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it, so. it probably is because of everything that you've been through. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. and you you've been in those situations, and then you want to help. I just don't want people. Yeah, I don't want people to be hurting. You know, stuff that I just don't want them to to feel bad or I don't know, feel stranded. Right. But. Well, you've been through a lot, and is there anything that you can tell the audience, like maybe give them some words of wisdom, you know, if they are in a situation like what you went through all these years, like any advice that you could give? Hmm. Yeah, I can. Um, you you have to realize if you're in a situation that's not good for you, like beneficial, like your health, it's affecting your health, it's affecting your just your your spirit your soul you you have to like find your way out just find your way out safely because you're you're the most important thing you you are it's just you can't let someone break you down and and just destroy your spirit you got to keep get just be strong i mean that's all that's it you know don't don't that you're so weak that you can't do for you you know you gotta just get out and just do, do, do what you got to do for yourself. And if you have children, you know, just, I don't know, just get out and make it better. That's all. Just make it better. Right. Well, I, um, we're getting close to the time soon. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, not right at this time, but do you have any more questions? Um, I guess, let me, let me think here. Um, do you like find yourself like with your own kids, like wanting to do better for the kids because of what you went through? Like oh, wanting to help more than what your, what your parents did for you? Sure do. Yeah. I, um, my, my kids, I've always told them how smart they are because they really are, but I didn't never lie to them. Um, they're just always encouraging them. Um, 
you know, I mean, you can't tell them they can do anything because sometimes that's impossible to tell them, hey, you can be anything you want to be because it's not really true. I mean, like, but you know that if they, if they have potential, um, just always be in there for them. Like, if they have any kind of questions about anything in life or um, they need anything, um, I'm always there definitely trying to do, do whatever I can, 110%, whatever I can do to help them out. Um, and I've also had four grandkids too, so um, they're awesome. So I get, don't get to see them that often with me working all the time, but um, I do try to spend some time with them here and there. Um, just, you know, just encouraging them to do the best can and, um, you know, just be in there and, you know, say, they ever need to talk or anything like that or they know they can call me and so that's really all yeah I think that like going through like you know a a family life like that you know when you get your own family like you want to do better and want to do more for them because you may not have had had it as nice and everything and I I do believe that yeah yep that's true yep well, I think it's awesome what you've been through. Like, I don't think it's awesome what you've been through, but what I mean is I think it's awesome that you've overcome what yeah. you've been through. And yeah. I, I think that you're yeah. doing such an amazing Thank job. You. Like, all these years you've stayed in the criminal justice field and the mental mm-hmm. health field. You've, like, you've worked it, and you've not, mm-hmm. you haven't gotten burned out. I mean, you may have gotten burned out to a point, but you've kept going. And yes. I just feel that you're a true servant leader. I mean, you've been through a lot. I mean, even when you went through college, you know, you worked through, you know, you had your kids that you were still going to college all that time. Mm-hmm. And like, I just admire your strength, you know, thank you. And I just think thank you're you. amazing. I appreciate that. Oh, thank you're welcome. You. Thank you so much. Is there, um, Oh, you're welcome. If there, is there any, like, um, you know, anything you want the listeners to like have your contact information, you don't have to give that out. Um, but if you want yeah, to put anything absolutely. out there for them to reach out to you, um, you can say sure. that now if you want. Yeah, um, if they want to, um, I, they can email me. Um, uh, you know, I'll take any kind of questions or anything like that they have or any help they need. Um, it's um, all lowercase. It's a Sandra four two zero one three at gmail dot com. So anybody's listening, um, that's her email address. If you want to reach out to her, if you have any questions, if you're maybe in this a similar situation and you need some advice, and can reach out to to Sandra. Um, and then, is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know? No, that's probably all for now. But yeah, it was, okay. it was fun. I I, I enjoyed talking with you. Um, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm I'm glad you were able to get on here and and tell your story because I know your story is going to help a lot of people out there. Mm, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of probably a lot of details I left out, but like I said, if they, you know, need any any kind of have any questions or need any kind of help or anything like that, any advice, I can definitely um, help them out. I'm willing to do that. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on the show, and thank you, everyone, for listening oh. tonight. Um, thank you. Anyone Crystal. out there, that, oh, you're welcome. And anyone out there that 
would like to come on the show, um, you just go to voiceforvictimspodcast.com and fill out the questionnaire or just send an email on that website, and then um, someone will reach out to you. And then, um, as I always say, always stand up and make a difference for yourself or someone else. Thank you, and have a good night, everyone. Good night, Crystal. Night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over the limit by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.